Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, there are still many European and American writers who would list James Joyce as an influence, but we're still discovering how his presence has been felt in some surprising parts of the world. For instance, the Caribbean. Dr. Ellen Howley is Assistant Professor at DCU School of English. Afternoon, Ellen. Hi, Sean, how are you? So, were there so much stuff in Joyce? Were there particular themes that resonated with Caribbean authors in his work? Absolutely. I mean, I think particularly the most kind of obvious one would be, um, you know, the kind of colonial element Joyce was writing um, about Ireland as a colony, about their relationship with with Britain and so on. Um, And this was one of the things that would have resonated um, with several Caribbean writers, but also some of the stuff he was doing kind of stylistically, the things he was talking about in terms of what it means to write and to write for your country um, in one novel, one of the characters says that he wants to create the uncreated conscience of my race. So this idea of writing a literature for Irish people, this idea really appealed to Caribbean writers who, you know, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on, wanted to write a literature for Caribbean people as well. So I think they took something from Joyce's, um, you know, kind of uh, declaration or call for that, I suppose. Yeah, and I sp- and I take it from that that it was creating something new, a, 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 a conscious that a consciousness that that was untroubled by or, or freed from the yoke of colonialism. I suppose it's it's kind of it's certainly you know I suppose can we ever be free of it really yeah. in in a certain sense but um, certainly to you know write what was he believed was a, a truly Irish literature you know um, which of course would have been influenced by uh, British writers as well um, but one that really spoke to what it means to to live in Ireland to. Um, you know, live with that legacy of um, colonialism. So even though Joyce spent most of his kind of adult life um, in and around Europe, he always said Dublin never left his heart. Um, and in the Caribbean, um, exile is is a feature of um, the lives of a lot of writers as well, but they often return to their home islands, their hometowns in their work, um, you know, to, to write about and try to understand what it means to be a writer um, from those places and what it means to live in those places. So that even that element of kind of Joyce's own biography would have appealed um, to certain um, writers from the Caribbean. Yeah, it, and that interesting contradiction that to, to realise the Irishness that he dreamed of required leaving Ireland. Uh, I suppose exactly. similar for many of these people. Absolutely. So there's there's one um, very well-known novel in the Caribbean called In the Castle of My Skin. And this was written by um, an author from Barbados called George Lamming. Um, so he also left um, Barbados. He, he went to Trinidad and then eventually to the UK to teach. But in the novel, um, the character talks about the need to leave Barbados in order to kind of know himself, to understand himself better. Um, so the book is kind of semi-autobiographical. Um, but again, that sense of kind of leaving the place to be able to kind of see it uh, more clearly is certainly a feature of um, of that novel, that, that novel in the castle of my skin. And that one in particular um, is very influenced by Joyce's first novel, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, um, so much so that one British reviewer actually said in a review that the, the novel could be renamed A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Barbadian. So, mm. you know, Joyce's influence is already 
being seen at the kind of time of publication. It's not just people like me who come along and say, oh, this is similar. You know, people were recognising that influence that Joyce had from quite early on. Would Joyce have met any of these writers? Uh, it doesn't seem like he did, although um, obviously Joyce was was living in Paris um, in the 20s. Um, and as I said, you know, m- many Caribbean writers also left the Caribbean. And one um, writer in particular, uh, M. A. Césaire, who's um, a writer from the French-speaking island of Martinique in the Caribbean, he was also living in Paris at the same time. Both of them were frequenting um, Shakespeare and Company, which was a well-known English language bookshop. They were both borrowing books from the library. You can actually see their borrowing record online, which I think is quite uh, Mm. quite cool. Did they borrow Uh, any of the same books? They didn't seem to have borrowed any of the same books, but they were publishing work um, in the same magazine. So Mm. it's not clear whether they ever actually met, but they they were probably familiar um, with each other's work. But as I said, it's really, you know, it's really from the 1950s onwards, I suppose, that we really see the influence that Joyce's work is having um, on these writers. Yeah, I I suppose in... in in a lot of instances, it's critics point this out, but for, say, Derek Walcott, who would be a name that people would be familiar with, th- those links are very explicit. He talked about it himself. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he, he speaks about... Um, so he's a, a, a writer from St. Lucia. Um, he won the Nobel Prize in, in 1992, actually just three years before our own Seamus Heaney won the Nobel Prize, and, and both um, men were, were friends. But he talks about um, early on when he was in school... Uh, reading Joyce, reading Yeats, and and he says that the Irish writers were colonials like us with the same problems that existed in the Caribbean. So he's kind of explicit about that influence. And then in his um, masterpiece, um, uh, Omeros, uh, Joyce is, is quite clearly there. So um, Omeros is the Greek word for Homer, um, who, of course, wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey, um, um, which also influenced Joyce. Um, so we start to see how Greek myth, Irish literature and Caribbean writing are coming together. But in this poem, the narrator travels to Ireland seeking out Joyce, who he calls our ages Omeros. So, you know, Joyce is really the key influence for him, the key figure. Um, and he's looking for Joyce, who he wonderfully describes as this cane twirling flaneur. So Joyce kind of <laughs> sauntering around, observing society, you know. So the narrator, you know, travels around Ireland. He's in different places um, and talks about taking a stone from the Martello Tower, which is where Ulysses opens. And interestingly, um, Heaney also has a poem where he talks about you know, having a stone from the Martello, hammered off from the Martello Tower. Now, I'm not suggesting whether they actually did that or not, whether it was poetic license, but I think the idea of two poets on the cusp of uh, winning the Nobel Prize kind of mischievously taking this literary talisman is quite a fun image, whether it's uh, whether it's true or not, I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> but if that Martello Tower suddenly collapse, we'll we'll uh, we'll know why. Uh, <laughs> Look, <laughs> again, not for me to say, but perhaps, perhaps. Dr. Ellen Howley is assistant professor at DCU School of English. Ellen, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Moncrief, brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.